morning. Okay, you don't want to talk to me, that's fine. Uh, maybe I'll say Pokatov, uh, which means good morning in Hebrew. Um, yeah, Pokatov. Pokatov. Uh, um, every time there was something important in the Old Testament, they always did it in the morning. So you see, we have finally aligned ourselves uh, to the important things. <laughs> um, so please do forgive me. You know, this is a new pulpit. I might kick something and I'm just getting adjusted. I've uh, just discovered this week that I'm far-sighted, which means I don't see things that are close. I, I see things that are far. That's, that's a beautiful handicap, isn't it? It's a beautiful handicap. The sums of ascent, the sums of ascent, unlike uh, another church that I know, these individuals ascended and actually found the place they were going to. I know a church that ascended and did not find the place they were looking for. I remember last year, Magnifar. Psalms of Ascent Ascent begin from Psalm 120 to Psalm 134. In other words, these were Psalms that the Israelites, as our pastor, Pastor Mitch has adequately said, sang to one another and sang to each other. They were almost like your national anthem. And in your national anthem, you want, to be, you want to be known how fierce and awesome you are. And lo and behold, last week our brother Winston taught us that we are supposed to be like wind uh, children. What kind uh, of an anthem is that? Where you sing that I'm a child and a child who's just been wind from uh, her mother's breast, right? Except if you have a God on whom you depend. From Psalm 131, from where uh, Winston uh, uh, preached last week to us, I'm looking at Psalm 132. We're looking at Psalm 132 uh, uh, together. And then Psalm 132 will be followed by Psalm 133, which speaks about how good and pleasant it is for the brothers to dwell together uh, in unity. They needed to sing that to each other because Psalm 134, the last Psalm of Ascent, was coming, right? They had been together for a long time. Maybe it was uh, the, the, the Feast of the Boots or the, whatever feast it was, and I'm sure they were getting annoyed with each other. So they needed to remind each other how good and pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. It's like holy oil flowing from the beads of Aaron. Psalm 134 then is them singing and saying, Oh, you servants of the Lord that stand by night, may you stand to glorify the Lord. Because as we depart, we will be assured of this fact that there is indeed a God in Israel as we remember that there are servants of the Lord that stand by night praising his name. Well, someone is going to preach from Psalm 133 and Psalm 134. Let's get back together to Psalm 132. And we want to remind each other, uh, uh, just to encourage each other on this one. Let's live under the promises of God. Let us live under the promises of God. And here are the three points that we are going to uh, uh, apply into our lives. So application before we even started. I'm going to be spreading the application uh, throughout as we go. Number one, application number one, let's order our lives among God's people. Application number two, let's order our lives under the promised 
a king of God. And point number three, let's order our lives towards the city of God. As has Joram eaten too many beans and he's just casing these things out uh, for himself. These actually come from Psalm 132. So number one, live among God's people. Number two, live under the promised king. Number three, live toward the city of God. There's a British saying, the British saying goes like this. Mind the pound and the pennies would mind themselves. What are they talking about, these old people? In other words, take care of the important things and the lesser important things are going to fall into order. If you were an Israelite, you needed to know that the temple of God was standing the palace of the king was standing and the city halls of Jerusalem were standing. Then you knew that the lesser important things were going to be ordered. Take care of the pound and the pennies will take care of themselves. Psalm 132 is reminding the nation to take care of the pound. If the pound was in order, everything else was going to be fine. As we begin the year, if these things are in order, everything is going to be fine so as we read from verse 1 to 5 the nation prays to god to bless the temple project of david it reads as following remember O lord in david's favor right remember O lord in david's favor all the hardships he endured how he sought to the lord and vowed to the mighty one of jacob i will not enter my house or go into my bed I will not give sleep to my eyes or slumber to my eyelids until I find a place for the Lord, a dwelling place for the mighty one of Jacob. We just sang and say that God is a God who needs nothing. So David, even in his pursuit of wanting to please God, God did not need a place, but David said, look, I want to put the place of God in place first. Because I've got my own palace, now where is the palace of God? The temple actually is just a palace. That's the other word for temple. So the palace of God. David says, I have had peace everywhere. Now I need to put God's house in order. And so the, the nation of Israel begins by saying, Oh Lord, may you remember the hardships of David as he sought to build a house for you. And verse 6, the nation mobilizes itself to worship at the temple. Behold, we had it in Ephrata. We found it in the fields of Jair. Let us go to the, his dwelling place. Let us worship at his footstool. Now, since David has put the place of God of worship, we have heard of it. We have heard of it. So let's mobilize each other and go and worship the Lord. Let's order our lives among the people of God. Imagine you're an Israelite and you're a Danite and you knew your brothers, the Benjamites. The Danites lived, well, Let's say the temple was in Blawai. So the Danites lived in Mutare, far away. And the Benjamites lived very close because they were closer to the Judites. 
and you had the Danites going down to worship the Lord, and, and you knew that the Danites were mostly left-handed men. These were individuals who dared to take the, nation, the whole nation of Israel and actually fight them in war. One tribe against the whole nation. So you would think to yourself, oh, they think that they're special, isn't it? And if you're a Benjamite, you knew that the Judahites claimed Jerusalem itself as their own. And you'll be thinking, oh, Judah thinks that they're special, isn't it? It's actually Saul, who was the first king who came from us. David just, you know, was appointed recently. So what would unite you as a scattered as, as tribe to actually head to one place? Huh? We, 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 we ourselves here, we may be saying, yeah, you know, you know, I am going to live in Hope Church. You know, there are those who speak English properly in the South African accent. Or there are those who speak English in the UK accent or who slide over English like the Americans. I am going to be fellowshipping with those guys. So what is the uniting factor? What brings them together? Verses 9 and 10 reads as following. The nation implores God to accept the king's temple. Arise, O Lord. Arise, O Lord, and go to your resting place. You and the ark of your might. Let your priests be clothed with righteousness, and let your saints shout for joy. For the sake of your servant David, do not turn away the face of your anointed one. We would know that what was in the ark of the Lord was what, my brothers and sisters, what was in the ark of the Lord? It was the law of Moses. So we are going to gather in the temple because that's where we find the law of God. Not our personal preferences, not to speak English with the South African accent or to slide over it like the Americans or to speak like the Queen from the UK or just to be confused like everyone else who lives here in Zimbabwe but to go and hear the word of the Lord which is in the ark of God in the palace of God. Here's another interesting fact. Let your priests be clothed with righteousness and let your saints shout for joy. <laughs> um, have you been listening to the news? Already, January has not finished. How is the church of God doing? What are the stories about us in the news? What are the stories about T.T. Jacks? Yeah, I'll mention them. What are the stories about T.P. Joshua? You may say, ah, you know, I know they, 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 the disciples of T.P. Joshua. I'm telling you, they will defend him to, to, to death. So what is the point of praying? Let your priests be clothed with righteousness and let your saints shout for joy. You see, if God, it, it is not the priests making themselves righteous. It is God making your priests righteous. It is never about the priests pulling themselves by their bootstraps to be righteous. But it is rather the God himself who makes them righteous. 
And why would the saints shout for joy? The saints will shout for joy just like our brother Mitch has, has, has led us to do. To actually pray for God's forgiveness. The, the saints will shout for joy because, you know what? If the priests of God are righteous, then they are worthy to go and represent us right in front of God's full stool. And if they represent us right in front of God's full stool, then we know that our sins will indeed be forgiven. Oh, well, you may say, uh, Joram, you preach, so you are you pretending to be that priest who can then represent us, um, uh, you know, before God? No, but I know a particular priest of whom next week, as we talk about the book of Hebrews, he is the only righteous priest that can present us before God so that our sins are forever are forgiven. Let us shout for joy, for indeed we have a priest who has been made righteous by God himself. Let us order our lives among the people of God. I'm, I'm beginning to see some people having some glazed look. Don't sleep. Stay with me. It's in the morning. It, you were forgiven to stay asleep uh, when, when we know it's 4 o'clock service, but no, 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 not now. Let's order our lives among the people of God. And secondly, let's order our lives under the promised King of God. Verse 11 to verse 12. Now, the nation has prayed to God. The nation has addressed each other on God. The nation now receives God's answer. And this is what God, this is how God answers in verse 11 to 12. God promises a response to the king's temple project. The Lord saw to David a sure oath. This is not just an oath, but this is a sure oath. Yeah? Modifying, modifying adjective. It's not just an oath, but what is it? It's a sure oath. It means if God swears this is indeed going to come to pass, from which he will not turn back. One of the sons of your body or your own flesh I will set on your throne. Verse 12, a condition. If your sons keep my covenant and my testimonies that I shall teach them, their sons also forever shall sit on your throne. Let's order our lives under the promised king of God. Verse 12 is a problem because it is a condition. But which is termed by verse 11 where God says, actually this is going to come apart because I trust myself and not anyone else. Verse 12 is a problem because we know that even right now as we speak, go to Israel, there is no Davidic king that is reigning over Israel. The president that is over Israel right now is not from the Davidic line. We know that the sons of David actually violated God's laws to the point that they were actually sent into exile. I was just imagining this, you know, I sometimes have fun. Uh, imagine the, 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 everyone is coming and singing about uh, God placing his, uh, the, the son of David on the, on the throne and you were King Herod. Right? And you knew that you're not from the Davidic line. How did it go down? I know that we have a hangover of Christmas, don't we? In fact, when I was looking at someone who is priest from Psalm 132, they priest this uh, from the Christmas day. They priest this on the, on the Christmas day. Because this, we know, can only be fulfilled by the Emmanuel that was born 
through the virgin birth, who is the Lord uh, Jesus Christ himself. So God has never ceased to have a son of David sit on the throne. Yes, he may not be visibly sitting right now in front of our eyes, but he is sitting on the right hand of God the Father in the heavenly places, as the book of Hebrews is going to tell us. As Brother Winston was preaching to us, he says, we are told not to seek after marvelous things. The war in Ukraine, Palestine-Israel war, the rising nationalism in Africa, threats of droughts and cholera. These can create worries in us until we realize that we have a son of David who reigns and rules over our lives. So here is my question to you. If you have never given your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, know that there is a king who will stand forever and he invites you to be his subject. If you are a Christian, how are you choosing to order your life? Are you ordering your life to be reigned by the only true promised son of David or by something else? And finally, let's look at the last point. Let's order our lives towards the city of God. Verses 14 to 18. God, God's promise over his chosen city, Jerusalem, and its citizens. Verse 13 reads as following. The Lord has chosen Zion. But I thought it was David which was Zion. But here he says the Lord has chosen Zion. He has desired it for his dwelling place. This is my resting place forever. Here I will dwell. For I have desired it. I will abundantly bless her provisions. In other words, she has provisions, but I will abundantly bless her provisions. I will satisfy her poor with bread. Her priests I will clothe with salvation and her saints will shout for joy. Do you see word for word answer to the desires of the nation? Verse 17. There I will make a horn to sprout for David, which is equivalent to me setting a king from the line of David. I have prepared a lamb for my anointed. His enemies I will clothe with shame on him on him, his crown will shine. There may be many desires of our hearts. What are we working for in our lives? What is your aim? According to Hebrews, it talks about a cloud of witnesses. Um, uh, we, 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 we tease uh, Hebrews um, in, in our naughty courses at, uh, at the Theological College of Zimbabwe and ask if Hebrews actually uh, teaches about uh, the ancestors. Yeah? Um, are those cloud of departed, and like just equivalent to the ancestors? Um, but forgive me for that one. Um, I, I, I like to wonder. 
The book of Hebrews speaks about the cloud of witnesses who have gone before us. That they never found rest in any city or town or place wherever they went. Because they were looking for a city whose founder was God himself. Ah, you know what, Zimbabwe... Zimbabwe, Zimbabwe is bad, you know. Yeah, you know. Look at the potholes, you know. They, there's no rain, or blah 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 blah. So let me polish up my my passport to go to blah 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 blah. Guess what? You will arrive there, and you'll be poor, needing satisfaction. You and me can only be satisfied by that city where our God dwells because he is the one who abundantly provides all of our needs. What are you aiming for? What are your goals in life? What are your objectives this year? Have they got anything to do with that beautiful city of God that is coming, shining, built by the hands of God himself. So Psalm 132, as they will come to Jerusalem, they would know that God has chosen this place and that unites us because here we come to hear God. So let's summarize again as we close our service. Um, it's the sermon, not the service, rather. Here are the three points that we, we just say to each other. Number one, let's order our lives among the people of God. They, yes, they are not perfect. Remember, it's not about them. It's about the word of God. It's about the presence of God. Number two, let's order our lives under the promised king of God, who is the Lord Jesus Christ himself. So each and every one of us should not be free, but we should be ruled because he is a safe king. Number three, let's order our lives towards the city of God because we will not find any satisfaction in any other. My brother Mitch, come and lead us on set. Thank you.